a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Welcome back, Rebels and Imperials, to Force Ghost Coast to Coast. My name is Brian. With me, as always, are my pals, Matt and Liz. We are going to talk rampant speculation about Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. It should be known, because this won't come out for a few weeks, so if a new trailer drops, we have only seen the initial trailer that was released at Star Wars Celebration. Uh, we have not read any of the new road to the rise of skywalker books because they're not out yet we haven't we're just going on the trailer interviews and rampant speculation so um let's start by talking about the end of the last jedi matt you just watched this what yesterday yeah i watched it last night in review for today so why don't you give us a rundown of sort of where everybody is at the end of the last jedi so um the resistance as a whole is small enough to fit in the millennium falcon we see them put out a call for hope, and no one at this point has answered back to support them. Kylo Ren has taken over the First Order and has become the new Supreme Leader. Um, Luke Skywalker has sacrificed himself to allow the Resistance to escape, and Rey has been able to tap in to her Force powers and ability to save them. So she theoretically has become a Jedi in at least Luke's eyes at this point. Um, and the characters are now off in flight, not exactly sure where or with what purpose. It's a pretty solid recap. It is. I'm impressed. I haven't watched it in a few months, so I feel like now I have just seen it. <laughs> so thank you, Matt. Um, yeah, so I guess my first question is, there. We, we've been told there's a time jump. Here. Of about a year, I think they've speculated, uh, at least a year of a time jump, which makes sense because you don't really want to pick up the story of them rebuilding mm -hmm. because that seems like a pretty dull way to spend the last two and a half hours of, of Skywalker films, just like rebuilding the Resistance. But I do think that we're going to see a fair amount of – how can I put this – we're not going to see a lot of Leia for a lot of reasons. Like obviously, Carrie Fisher has passed, and there is some footage they're going to be using of her, but we're not going to see much of Leia. So, Liz, do you think Leia is going to die in the movie? Is she just going to be like off screen during the movie? What do you think about what's going to happen to Leia here? I, I know you're a big Leia person. I so. am. That's a great question, and it's something I guess I've been thinking about for the past you know 12 hours since we need to wildly speculate about what's going to happen. I don't know. I feel like they have to kill her um, and give her some sort of send-off, perhaps even within the movie. Um, I feel like it might be more hopeful to not have her die, to go off, to continue to be a general. But perhaps in the ideas of Star Wars, they give her some sort of send-off. Maybe not, you know, burn her on a funeral pyre, but um, some sort of send-off in a way. Yeah. Yeah, I think, again, logistically, there needs to be an end to Leia's story, both from a storytelling perspective and the um, you know, fact that Carrie Fisher isn't with us any longer. Um, I would like to see something meaningful. I think she's meant a lot on screen and off screen to a lot of people and to the franchise. And I think 
that would be something everyone would like to see. Again, I don't know if that will happen, um, but I can hope at least. See, I had thought before I heard there was new footage of her, I thought it would make sense to do an extreme time jump, do five years or so, and begin with her funeral. Because that would give everybody the chance to mourn her. You wouldn't have to do CGI trickery. You wouldn't have to find excuses. I'm worried about how they're going to do this. This is stuff that reminds me of, I don't know if either of you watched The Sopranos, but in between seasons two and three of The Sopranos, uh, Nancy Marchand, who played uh, Livia Soprano, died. And they couldn't just let her die off camera. They had to give Tony and her one last scene. And it was clearly like a, a stunt double with CGI projected <laughs> on their face. And it looked terrible. And I'm just worried that they're going to fuck up the last Leia scene. Whereas if you begin with her dead, yes, you don't get to see that, but... There's more I, dignity in that, I feel like. That's true. And I feel like I, we might give the director some leeway in the fact that Carrie Fisher has died and they don't have too many options. Right. You know, I, I feel like maybe we tend to harp on complain about things we don't like. But in this situation, I, you know, it's it's tough to work with. Yeah, I'm just I, I am. We have seen poor Carrie Fisher <laughs> CGI before, oh, yeah, we have. and Star Wars seems to be overly confident in their ability to recreate characters. Um, I just hope that they have enough footage to have an arc that works without having to pull any of those tricks. Well, I do want to say uh, her son, her daughter rather, Billy Lord, last mm-hmm. name I believe? Yes. Billy Lord. Uh, she had said there will be no CGI, that they're only using footage, okay. but, but I am still concerned because, you know, whatever. Um, I wonder, though, if the footage is going to be flashback footage. Because the one thing that was interesting mm. was we know that Mark Hamill is in the film, but we do not know with certainty he's a force ghost. I think it, it pretty much has to be that unless there is flashback footage. And so I wonder if Le- – because that, that, that scene of, of Ray and Leia embracing had to have been filmed earlier. So I wonder if there was a goodbye that we didn't see that she'll be, like, reflecting on. So it still could – she could still be dead in the narrative of the film, but she could still appear in there. That sounds like it would make the most sense logistically, but I guess we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, let's talk about Luke for a minute. So we presume Luke will be a Force ghost here. He has said this is his last Star Wars appearance, although people have said that so many times. I really can't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't take any of that with, with, with too much uh, authority. But... Um, I'm interested in Luke being a Force ghost versus will we see other past Jedis as well? Because to me, it seems like we got Yoda, a surprise Yoda in The Last Jedi, which I have to say, my my favorite movie-going experience maybe ever. My friend Ken and I are in the theater, and the camera kind of pans behind Yoda in that scene, and we both went, ah! We, like, we both screamed. In a Yoda voice? In a yeah, we were like, oh my God, it's Yoda! We were such little kids. It was like, I was five years old all over again. It was wonderful. Um, but I wonder if we're going to see Luke interacting with either Yoda or Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan, or we, we have heard a lot of rumors that possibly uh, Hayden Christensen is returning to the franchise. Yeah, yeah. So could he possibly be a force ghost? So I guess my question for you guys is, would you rather have Luke by himself in this? Or would you rather this? Because one of the things J.J. Abrams has said, and I'm bouncing all over the place here, is that he sees this film as the film that unites the prequels and the sequels together. And so I think that by having 
force ghosts by having um, Palpatine. Like it, you sort of see a way to connect the two. But do you want him to do that, or would you guys rather just do the third story from this cast? Is it important? I guess. Fucking get to it, Brian. Is it more important that that this is a a a solid standalone movie, or is it more important that this movie connects the nine Skywalker saga films? I'll say that for a lot of this new trilogy, I have been concerned with how much just redrudging of old things they've had. Um, me being a huge Lando fan, when I saw him on screen. My initial reaction was awesome, and then why in the world do you need him? Um, but when it comes to the Force Ghost, I've been thinking a lot about in the trailer, which we'll talk about in a bit. Um, you see an obviously trained Ray, um, and we've learned that it's very difficult for Jedi to train themselves. Um, we see Kanan Jarrus, who never made it past Padawan in Rebels, struggling learning from the holocrons how to be a Jedi. And he struggles with not feeling fulfilled as a Jedi because of that. Um, to have Rey have three hours of lessons from Luke and then read the ancient texts would not bring her to that point where she is. So I'm wondering if she is either trained by, you know, the ghost of Luke or the ghost of Qui-Gon or something along those lines. So I could see having the ghosts um, be an intricate part of it. As Luke says, they passed on, you know, thousands of years of tradition into her. So it seems like she may be what the Jedi have poured themselves into. Um, and I think that means more than just the books. So I think it's probably a good guess that we will see some recurring characters in the form of force ghosts um, to help Rey complete her training. When I think of the story, what's going to occur in the Rise of Skywalker, I always picture just Luke appearing as a Force ghost for some reason. I don't know why. Um, I, maybe I liked Yoda when we saw him in the last movie. I enjoyed that. I thought it was done well, mm -hmm. um, which means I think perhaps they could do it well if other characters do appear here. But I did just picture it as being Luke as opposed to sort of tying it back with all of these other characters. Um, yeah, and I don't know, maybe if Ray's training went on in the time we don't see in this movie, yeah. which is a possibility as well. Sure. Yeah, I think it's really hard to strike a balance between telling this story and being a greatest hits album. Like, you know, in a way, if this is the end of the Skywalker saga, you want to have as many of the important characters show up if they can. And so the Lando thing, I, I kind of had the same thought, but this is why I thought the film was going to begin with Leia's funeral, because Lando would come to Leia's funeral, and that's how you get him there. And then somebody says to him, we need you. Yeah. We lost our leader. You were you blew up the Death Star. Like, you know, come help us. And I think that makes more sense than him just like wandering in and being like, hey guys, what's up? <laughs> Maybe Chewbacca calls him up. I mean, they're good buds. He can deal with him. <laughs> that is true too. You know, um, so I don't know. I am, part of me thinks that so much of The Force Awakens, which was another J.J. Abrams directing film, is reflecting of A New Hope, which is also reflected in The Phantom Menace. 
And so if you think about it, the last scene of Return of the Jedi features Force Ghosts. The last scene of Revenge of the Sith reveals the existence of Force Ghosts. You find out that Qui-Gon can... Qui-Gon has found a way to communicate beyond the dead. And so it seems to me like the last minute of the movie might very well be Rey looking out and seeing Luke, Leia, uh, sort of the, the yeah. entire, the line. Like, all the Force users that she's encountered. Um, yeah, and I, 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 or, I mean, see, I, I really, they have said that they might do more with these characters in the future. So I don't see Rey, Poe, or Finn dying in this film. I do see Kylo Ren dying. There is not a lot of precedent for Star Wars keeping villains around. Uh, Sheev Palpatine returning, notwithstanding. But, like, in general, villains, Star Wars villains die. Darth Maul, Count Dooku, um, Krennic, Vader, the Emperor. All of We see all of these characters die on screen. So I think that Kylo Ren is probably in that same tradition there even though i think he is a more complicated villain than we've seen really in star wars thus far uh so let's talk about kylo ren at the you know in the in the last jedi he smashes his his helmet and he sort of decides he wants to go and do things differently than we've seen done before yet in the trailer for this we see somebody presumably him reconstructing his helmet now when we see him fight in the trailer we do not see him fighting in his in his helmet, in his mask. So do we think that Kylo Ren is going to regress into wearing the mask? Is somebody else rebuilding that mask for him? Like, What do you guys think we're going to see with Kylo Ren in this movie? Well, this is an interesting point that has kind of come up from some of the leaks and some of the images is we see this idea of Sith troopers and the idea of Sith being tossed around, where Sith is directly related to Palpatine, um, Darth Sidious, mm-hmm. um, as the last of the Sith. And if we do see the return of Palpatine, do we see the return of the Sith? And not just as shadowy forces, but as, you know, Old Republic, actual warfaring empire of Sith, maybe. Um, where Kylo Ren, although he is evil, he is decidedly not Sith. He specifically talks to that fact in the movie. Um, so I wonder if it is him against the Resistance we see, if it's him against the Sith that we see. Do we see him find his kind of balance between um, doing his own thing versus doing right versus wrong? Um, I'm not sure. I could see it go either way at this point. Um, because his motives change kind of every 15 minutes in the films. <laughs> um, so I think it's up to anybody's guess. Um, in, in terms of Kylo Ren, I, I, I know you mentioned the idea that the villains always die, but in my mind, my hope is that Kylo Ren survives. I, he's an actual Skywalker himself. Yes. Um, and I. And that's why I think he won't survive. Yeah. I. And I. I guess I. I don't know why I hope he survives, but I do. Um, it's and more interesting. It yeah. is, and I. I feel like he's been a more complex character, a more complex villain than we've gotten in the past. And I, one of my hopes is that Ray manages to save him. That his sort of or her sort of hero's journey is complete 
even if for most of the movie he's evil, he does turn to the light in the end. I mean, he might he might be Darth Vader. Turn to the light at the very last <laughs> well, second, and then yeah, and then he's one of those force ghosts that she looks out yeah. on. You know, it's possible. Yeah. I, I, one of the quotes from the trailer they say, "No one's ever really gone." I right. I think at first I assume maybe they mean you know death, but also ever really gone. I don't know to the dark side. Right. Maybe he's uh, <laughs> yeah. made yeah. it to the light side. I don't know. But I mean, I, I agree with you in just about every way. There, I think one of the most visceral viewing experiences I've ever had in the movie theater was when. Ray and Kylo Ren team up and, yes. and defeat Snoke. Like I was like, "Holy shit! I can't believe this!" And it's actually similarly in the Force Awakens, right before he kills Han, you see he's struggling. And I thought, how different would these movies be if they turned him in the first movie? They don't wait till the third movie to turn him, but they turn. Him. And so he's been teased throughout these films as being somebody who isn't like mustache twirling evil but is but it is more than that you know um i heard a really interesting theory which is in the trailer we see a tie fighter coming down and approaching ray and then ray is like playing chicken with it essentially right um somebody said maybe that's a training exercise maybe kylo ren and ray are teaming up against like the return of Palpatine or something like that, you know? And so maybe maybe the movie does do something very different with, with him. I like that. I like that too. I, I also, I don't want to get my hopes up too yeah, much for that. Yeah, I know, same. <laughs> I, I, I do think that might be a, uh, a tricky situation. Um, let's talk about the trio of, of sort of new heroes though, which is, you know, Ray, Finn, and Poe. At the end of The Last Jedi, Poe is finally, meet, Poe finally meets Ray. Uh, and, and he sort of begins to understand what it means to be a leader versus what it means to just be a, a, a you know a cocky pilot as as Leia calls him. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see Finn embrace being a rebel finally at the end of the film, you know, and not he's not just doing it for Ray anymore. He's now doing it for himself and for Rose and for the resistance. And then we see Ray, you know, uh, able to use the force very cogently. And very, uh, very confident in her role as a force user, we see, we see her, uh, you know, move past what Luke taught her, and to be able to do, you know, amazing things. So I, I guess my first question is, do we think that these characters are going to spend a lot of time together in the film? Because almost all the films have separated them, especially. Uh, the Last Jedi, you know, Finn, Poe, and Rey are only in the same scene in the Millennium Falcon at the very, very end. Um, so I think they've said you're going to see more of them together. Mm-hmm. Do you think that we're going to see... I still think Rey is very much on her own journey, kind of like Luke was on his own journey in uh, Return of the Jedi. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, I, I think so. I think the... Other characters are now ready to step into their roles and follow Ray's lead because Ray is the only one who seems at the moment to have an idea of what needs to be done. She's focused. She um, knows what the resistance needs to do. She has in mind how to kind of move forward in this battle. Poe is ready to accept other people's ideas um, is ready to do his part and not just for the fanfare and the excitement of it. 
and um, Finn, like you said, finally understands what it means to be part of this and to sacrifice and to fight. Um, and uh, hopefully, you know, Rose will be somewhere in it after delivering the real key line of the film. And it's not about fighting. It's about protecting what you love. And I think that fits right into what I hope to see in the next movie. That my, The idea of protecting what you love, what it means to be the resistance, not just war, but finding that balance in life. Yeah, we didn't see Rose at all in the trailer, did we? No, yeah. we did not. Mm, no. I, I didn't really think about that. We know she. We know she's in it. Yeah, uh, but we did not see her in the trailer yeah. at all. Yeah. Um, I I feel like they'll be together at some point in time. Ray, Finn, Poe. I think in one scene in the trailer they are. Um, they're looking out on something. I forget what uh, it is. Is it the the Death the Star, Star 2, the greatest named uh, Part ship in the entire universe. <laughs> okay, got it. Yeah, yeah. and I, even in uh, The Force Awakens, it seems like Rey is sort of in charge when she meets up with Finn. Um, she's the one who finds, you know, hops on the Millennium Falcon, flies it. And I, it seems like Finn has always been sort of looking for someone to guide him uh-huh. ever since he made the decision to join the other side and it seems like poe has learned that lesson as well and perhaps will be willing to follow someone else like ray at this point in time i also think the three of them all have very different skills and that they're going to have to learn like every after school special that you work together and you get more stuff done like i think that's going to be you know a big part of it i think yeah it takes us back to sort of the original trilogy with han luke Mm -hmm. and leia here we have finn poe and ray Mm -hmm. i do think it's interesting how Sort of each of them has uh, messed with their with, with their natural analog. Like Ray and Leia are not the same at all, and in a lot of ways, Finn is Finn is almost the Luke character because he's this like farm not this farmer but this 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 ignorant person who is brought into this. You know, in a lot of ways, Poe is obviously the Han Solo analog, but in some ways. Poe is also the Leia analog because he is the military person. Mm-hmm. He is the one who is the commander, you know, and Ray is a little bit of everybody. I, I really like that it's not just like a strict one-to-one analog. Same, yeah, why maybe we get many Death Stars. We get a variety within these characters, <laughs> at least. <laughs> yeah, oh, the many Death Stars. I did want to go back to the Sith Troopers for a second, something that Matt said. So when I first saw that, what I first thought of, and this is terrible radio, but it's good for you guys, was... Uh, so this is the book Star Wars Phasma. And if you look at the back of this, there is a character named Cardinal who is a red stormtrooper. He, and it, the, the whole book is about essentially Cardinal kidnaps a resistance member and is interrogating her because she knows about Captain Phasma, like her origin essentially. And this trooper uh, and Cardinal is like in competition with her for basically who is uh, the like the baddest of the First Order. And so it ends with Cardinal being turned into a Resistance member and sort of escaping. And obviously nothing has happened with those characters yet. Um, but this idea of the Red Stormtrooper, for him it was very much a um, just like he is above them in rank. And so therefore he has a different red uniform. There's also a Red Stormtrooper in uh, Star Wars Resistance, the television show, but it's not a Sith trooper, so I don't. I I really don't know what that means. Um, I think Matt. I think your theory of like these people are aligned with Palpatine 
versus align with the first order makes a lot of sense. I had not really considered that before. Have you have you read the aftermath book? Yes. So in the aftermath book, correct me if I'm wrong, you learn that the fall of the empire, Palpatine has backup strategies mm -hmm. as to what the fall of the empire, his death, fall of the empire, how those tie in, and has a lot of kind of backup strategies. I wonder if this kind of rearming of the Sith is a backup strategy of his. So the Aftermath trilogy is, I would highly recommend it, written by a guy named Chuck Wendig, and um, who uh, who tells the story. Basically, it, it takes place, it starts like five years after Return of the Jedi, and you see the birth of Kylo Ren in the, of, of Ben Solo in there. You see, um, so I don't know if you guys remember, do you know who Greg Grumberg is? He's an actor, he has a beard. No. He is... He's one of the pilots in the Force Awakens. He plays. He plays one of the pilots. Yeah. He is J.J. Abrams' best friend. So he's in all of J.J. Abrams' films. He was in Lost. Did you watch Lost? Yes. He was the pilot in the plane in Lost, who's like trapped in the tree in the first mm -hmm. season. Okay, so he, yep. he's in everything J.J. Abrams does. But you see him as a kid in the Aftermath trilogy, and it, and there's a really compelling couple of characters who are like the remnants of the Empire, and you see them like try to figure out. Okay, are we still a thing? How can we still survive here? And it, this is not a spoiler at all. At the end of the trilogy, those that are still around go to the unknown regions, which is like the uncharted, unmapped area beyond the galaxy that we know as Star Wars. And they go back there to prepare. And one of the people that is with them is the father of Hux. So Hux's father also plays a big role in the Phasma book. Um, but so the First Order kind of comes out of that. Um, we presume. We, we, we haven't really... You never see them in the Unknown Regions. You just kind of... You know they went there, and then you know that at some point the First Order emerges. Um, but I could definitely see some of the stuff from the Aftermath trilogy popping up. Yeah. Uh, in, but I also think they're reluctant to use stuff from the books. Mm -hmm. or, but I think you'll see similar things... You know, uh, represented there, but yeah, I think it's interesting that they're introducing a third red stormtrooper. Well, I have very little to speculate about in terms of the red stormtrooper. I think it was at Comic Con San Diego they announced the new toys as well, yes, and, and all I is, could that is where a Sith trooper came from, yeah. And all I can think of is that Simpsons episode where Lisa Simpson and the Malibu Stacy doll. Yes. Like, ooh, she has a new hat. A new hat. <laughs> I'm yes, like, exactly. ooh, they're red. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's I mean. Again, it's just weird that they have only done one other color of Stormtrooper, <laughs> and they've done it in three different versions of it, with all within the new canon too. Not like this wasn't twenty five years ago. This is all pretty much brand new. Yeah, yeah. It, it's difficult to figure out: is there meaning to it? Is there not? It's yeah, it's tough. Yeah. Um. All right. So let's talk about Lando a little bit more here. So I know Matt's happy to talk about Lando. Matt's favorite yeah. character. Yeah, exactly. As we learned in our first episode, Matt's <laughs> favorite character. Uh, so, you know, Lando, we, we see him as a young man in Solo. We see him as sort of a bureaucrat, I guess, in The Empire Strikes Back. You know, he's he's sort of the mayor. He's sort of the, 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 the head honcho of the city. And then we see him sort of transition directly into a a real leadership role in the in the rebellion do and we see him in the trailer flying the millennium falcon we know that 
Billy D. Williams is is not going to be in just one scene of the film. I think because he's going to have a bigger role here. What do we think Lando's role is going to be? Is he going to be sort of the wise? Because you know every one of these films sort of has the the sagely wise advice advice giver. With Tan in the last in the the Force Awakens, it's Luke in the Last Jedi, and I think we all presumed it was going to be Leia in in the Rise of Skywalker. But because Leia's not there, is is he taking on the Leia role as sort of the wizened old rebel teaching the lessons to the young kids? Is he going to be a smaller part than that, a bigger part than that? What do you guys think, Liz? You look very confused. You look very, you're very in thought about this. I am. I'm going back and forth. I am unsure of what I think about this. It would make sense to make him sort of the wise old sage to give advice to the younger crew, and it'd be a great way to weave his character into the story. And I didn't think about it too much. I figured he would be there, but I didn't think much about his role i thought it was a good way to get the millennium falcon into the movie again i guess when i saw the trailer um but yeah i mean based on his experience it would make sense for him to be there to guide our younger characters Hmm. yeah i i would love to see that um i think another option for him is that he in the star wars universe kind of represents the kind of everyman so he is where you see the Empire most put their boot down on the everyday people. He runs a sort of legal mining operation, but that all goes away when he tangles with the Empire. He kind of shows how easily you can be double-crossed, and even if you try to make a living, what happens. Um, there is a role that needs to be filled. Um, the Resistance right now is a handful of people. And if they are going to fight the First Order, they need to bring in allies. And I wonder if Lando is the one who can help with that. He's the hero of the Death Star. He's also a sort of halfway crook. He um, is likable. He's a schmoozer. Um, I could see him helping out in that way, too. Um, But I would just... I hope that they make his role more than just a cameo, uh, which is kind of what I am worried about. Yeah, he doesn't do everything by the book, which makes him endearing, and he gets stuff done. Um, He knows how to get things done, yeah. Sure. That's a really interesting point, because the resistance is so small right now. They may need a fixer Mm -hmm. to come in and help them, you know, get around to certain things. And and Lando seems to know everybody. You know, he's just, he's, he's a politician, and so... Like a schmoozer, like Matt said. Yes, he knows, and so yeah. yeah, you might you might need him to. Oh, I like that. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. Okay, good job, guys. Mm-hmm. Nice teamwork there. Um, I, I want to talk about one of the new characters we have, whose name is uh, Jana, and uh, so when she came there, at Star Wars Celebration, there was a big panel that revealed the trailer and introduced all the characters and. They specifically said they could not confirm nor deny that that's Lando's daughter. And so I wonder if that's the way they get Lando in, that his daughter becomes a rebel. And, you know, and then you're you're taking she gets her dad involved. Essentially, she calls her dad in. Um, I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know if like one of my problems with Star Wars fans is that Star Wars fans think that everything is connected. 
raised parents have to be somebody. Somebody, you know, there has to be, you know, I mean, there was talk, and this is this is how crazy and racist people are, that <laughs> Finn was going to be Lando's son. Because the only way a black guy could be in Star Wars is if, uh, is if it's Lando's son, you know. And so I, I, I tend to push back against that idea just because of the sort of inherent racial, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, understanding of that. Uh, but it wouldn't be the craziest thing in the world. It wouldn't. I didn't even think about it. Yeah, I, I didn't either looking at her. I My assumptions from seeing her um, picture was she's a freedom fighter. Immediately, I guess, again, racially connected to um, Saul Guerrero's sister, um, uh, yeah, okay. which may be unfortunate for Star Wars Universe that all the black female characters look alike because she also looks very much like the female um, admiral from the Awakening uh, – the. Um, the aftermath timeline. I forget her name. Yes. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> but that's all right. Um, so I see her as kind of freedom fighter role. Um, and I was assuming the new droid we're adding, Mini BB, is hers. D O is hers. I don't know. Those are my speculations. Um, but that'd be an interesting way to rope Lando into it, as she is one of these resistance fighters that bring that joins the resistance. Um, to help bring in kind of that old school rebellion into the new. I like that. Even just her outfit, the way she's dressed seems Terrible more shoes, like Terrible it is. Shoes. I was yeah. What are those? They're like Tivas? space Crocs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> good old space Crocs. But she's wearing a cape. She is and, wearing and, a cape, and, and we, know, oh. we know who wears capes in Star Wars. It's our boy Lando. He's got a cape closet. <laughs> he is true. the cape crusader. It runs in the family. <laughs> is, uh, you know, um, but I also think that she like it could be interesting if she got if she is Lando's daughter if she got involved and he and and he pushed back against that mm-hmm. and that's why she kind of looks like she's been living. You know, as a freedom fighter, someplace that you know she was breaking away from daddy's money or whatever. I, I think th- I think there's a story to be told there. I don't, I don't really think that's his daughter, but it's interesting. Yeah, I don't know if there's just time in the movie to address all of that backstory as well. I guess maybe it wouldn't take that much time, but just to flesh it out. Also, they'll toss, they'll toss in the visual dictionary. It's fine. yeah, <laughs> we can <laughs> but, reference it at some which, point. By the way, Matt brought both the visual dictionaries from <laughs> the Last Jedi and the Force Awakens here because that's what Matt does now. <laughs> Matt is our official researcher. <laughs> he goes to the library. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Um, but so you know, Jana is is one of the only characters that we know anything about yet uh, but there are some other people who are in the film Kerry Russell is in the film as an unnamed character I, I think she's going to be kind of in that Admiral Holdo role of just like we never heard about this person before but they're they're important and they're kind of fun and you know, they're gonna they're gonna show up here and talk to us about something with the resistance you know I think that makes sense the one I really want to talk about is so former Doctor Who Matt Smith has been rumored to be in the film. He denies it, but there's a lot of evidence to suggest that he is possibly in the film. And one of the theories that I read, and this is the one that I I think I could see. So we hear about the Knights of Ren a little bit in The Force Awakens. And this is sort of Kylo Ren's like crew that they're the ones who wipe out Luke's Jedi Temple, and then we never see him again. 
And so what have the Knights of Ren been doing this whole time? And I wonder if Kylo Ren, at the end of The Last Jedi, either recruits them again, or if he bucks against that and wants to do something different. But somebody said that they think that Matt Smith is the person under the Kylo Ren helmet, that he rebuilds the helmet and he takes on that role because Kylo Ren is unwilling or unable to do so. Because he turns to the good side. Possibly. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that could be interesting. Hmm. Yeah, I'd like I'd like to see that. That'd be a great twist. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah. So, again, I'm trying to get my hopes up about this stuff because this mm-hmm. is just <laughs> speculation. Um, but I do think that there's something to be said for for that sort of uh, for that sort of twist here. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's do this. Let's take a break. We'll talk about Palpatine when we come back. We'll talk about uh, anything else in the trailer we haven't mentioned. Any sort of random theories. Then I have a game we're going to play to end the show. Oh. So uh, stay tuned. Hello, podcast listeners. We're the hosts of the DC3 cast. I'm Zach. I'm Vince. And I'm Brian. Each week, we discuss most of the new releases from DC Comics, focusing mainly on Rebirth, Wildstorm, and Young Animal. We also look at the news of the week, discuss the film and television adaptations of DC material, and dig into industry rumors. We've also had a number of DC creators on our show, like Scott Snyder, Jim Lee, Christopher Priest, Steve Orlando, and Joshua Williamson. So, if you like Borat jokes, my wife, bad to end Dio impressions, this is bad, what the f***? And an in-depth look at DC each week, join us every Wednesday morning at multiversitycomics.com, Apple Podcasts, or your podcatcher of choice. Come get Jurgens with us and we are back um let's talk about sheev palpatine i, I still love the both of you guys didn't know his name was sheev until very recently <laughs> but uh yeah so uh sheevy baby as i've taken to calling him so we hear his laugh at the end of the trailer and you know i, I think we can all presume that that's not all we're getting of him mm-hmm. i don't know if we're getting a force ghost of the emperor i don't know if we're getting a clone of the emperor mm-hmm. Which is a very extended universe, universe, old school Star Wars thing. I don't know if he somehow survived both the like being thrown into the core of the Death Star and then also the Death Star being blown up. You know, I, I don't know how we're getting him. Do you guys have any sort of feelings about what we might be seeing there? Yeah, how it depends on how crazy you want to get with the canon. Because we've seen canon force ghosts, we've seen canon spirits tied to items or places in the Darth Vader comic, and in the Rebels universe, we've seen the world between worlds that Palpatine has shown a specific interest in. Palpatine has wanted to cheat not just death as he whispers creepily into Anakin's ear in a uh, theater box, but also kind of a mastery of time. So we could see a very literal, physical emperor, or we could see forest ghosts or just echoes of evil Sith spirits, like we saw the Sith witches living on well beyond their slaughter by the Empire. Um, So there's a lot of ways. It just depends on how weird the movies feel comfortable getting. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, is there, could they find a way maybe to have another character fulfill that role in some sense, as opposed to just a force ghost or him coming back somehow? Maybe that's another way to address it. Mm. Yeah, I, I feel like the big, the big 
obstacle to getting weird besides just like the general understanding of the audience like for for instance we've all seen solo there's that moment at the end of solo where darth maul shows up for 10 percent of the audience who has watched the cartoons read the books that made total sense for the rest of the people like holy shit but darth maul's back and you can kind of figure out how we could have survived whatever but like <laughs> that took a that, i think that's the furthest leap they are willing to give you on screen for something that you might need prior knowledge yeah. to figure out um so i think the biggest obstacle to to weirdness is just the time it would take to explain it and so i think in that way clone force ghost or survive all can be explained relatively easily okay. you might it, it might strain credulity to do so but i think that you can easily say those things like you know there was a there was a plan in place that palpatine executed what I think is going to be interesting is why now is the time for him to come back? Mm-hmm. Like, what is it about this moment? Why didn't he come back at the end of The Force Awakens when they blow up the Senate and essentially send the galaxy into chaos? Like, what is it about this moment? Did he need Luke gone before him? Like, you know, there are lots of things that I, that I just don't know that I think are going to be interesting about him. What I hope, though, is that, well, I hope that he, I'll be happy if he's a main part of the film. I don't want it to be a super Palpatine-heavy film. I think we've had enough of those, and I think that it doesn't really address the concerns of the fan base that wants these characters to have their own their own stake in things, to, to, have, to have a villain from the first six movies show up again. It could, al- it could also be the elimination of Snoke, um, who I, it, it's not clear if he is a puppet of the emperor. I think his story makes the most sense being a puppet of the emperor um, with him gone as the emperor. And now need to unveil himself. So I, again, question the timing and the location. Why death star two obviously is where he died. But if you are, reshaping the empire why would you do it from a blown up battleship far from where your forces are now see part of me thinks the reason they're going to the death star is not for palpatine Mm -hmm. uh part of me thinks like so the MacGuffin of the first movie is luke's lightsaber right that kylo ren wants luke's luke's lightsaber which is which is technically Anakin's lightsaber, right? The other Anakin lightsaber is probably on that Death Star. And so I wonder if they're going to use... I hope they don't... That's that's really treading ground we've just very recently covered, but it wouldn't totally surprise me if that was what they were going... what they were going there for, to prevent him from getting that lightsaber. That, that That's a very interesting thought. And again brings up the question of these bullshit kyber crystals <laughs> <laughs> yes yes kyber crystals i actually was gonna say i wonder <laughs> i wonder if the sith troopers have some sort of kyber power like some sort of kyber enhanced weaponry because that would tie it into to something there um so matt in our little break brought up a character that i had not really thought about but i presume is going to be in the third film that's maz kanada who i thought was great in both films i I think she's a highlight of the force awakens i loved her small cameo in the last jedi um 
you know, uh, so is there a natural role for Maz? Because Maz is interesting because in The Force Awakens, she is not necessarily a resistance figure. She's sort of, she's a combination of Lando and Yoda, where she's been around forever, but she's this sort of semi-legitimate business person, but somebody who, who's sort of in the fight. And then we see her in The Last Jedi really in the fight. Um, so what do you think she's going to be in this next film? Well, I think of her as someone that does sort of operate behind the scenes. And like you said, almost like a Lando. She knows how to get things done. She has connections. She knows people. Yeah, maybe um, she gets yeah, oh, and that's yeah. what I maybe was. She yeah, gets involved. yeah, maybe they're right. working, you know, together in some way, bringing that full yeah, circle. Connect it all together. Yeah, um, and I, you know, maybe that sort of drives them both to fight, you know, with the resistance in some way. They take that extra leap, that extra step. Yeah, that that really could be. Yeah, I could I could again see her as a glue, kind of bringing together a lot of these resistance pieces. Um, yeah, because I think. I, that's one of my big questions for the movie in general is how big are we going to go with this resistance? Are we going to see, you know, Wookiee freedom fighters again? Are we going to see, um, you know, Twi'lek resistance members? How, what are we going, how big are we going to get with this? Because at this point, the Republic has no standing army. The Republic has no Senate. It is each planet's own kind of rising up that needs to be coordinated. And Maz Orlando or somebody, I think, there's maybe your best bet more so than even Leia, to be honest. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I wonder if we're going to see, because we don't get the impression that she's a Force user, but she is certainly somebody who is aware of the yeah, Force. A, a Force sensitive, I think is what they like to call it, but yeah, she definitely is in tune with it. Right. So I, I wonder if, if something about Luke's death or about Leia's death would awaken something in her, you know. I really don't know. Um, anything else from the trailer we haven't talked about that we want to get into? So, I guess this is more of a question for you, Brian. The remains of the Death Star, do we think they are on the prime moon of Endor? Another moon of Endor? And if they are on the prime moon of Endor, does that mean we will see Ewoks? You just stole something from what I was going to talk about in a minute. Um, that's okay. That's okay. Uh, I do think we're going to see Ewoks. I, I, I think the J.J. Abrams is just way too obsessed with with everything repeating itself that we're going to see Ewoks in some way. I hope we see Wicket in particular because, you know, because one, if you're going to bring the Ewoks back, you might as well bring Wicket back. Um, that kid with the, the kid with the blonde curls, too. Yes, of course. Of course. Um, so, yeah, I... I I mean, it only makes sense that they're on Endor, right? Because that's they go there because that's where the Death Star is above. That's that's where that's where the the, the what do they call it? Like the not the force field, but uh, the uh, the shield relay or whatever. The shield generator shield is generator. is on Endor, shooting up to the Death Star. Uh, so I guess I, I do think we're gonna see some Ewoks there because why not? Yeah, why not? Exactly, <laughs> especially if this is the swan song of these types of films. I think you're going to see a lot of cameos popping up. Which brings me to the game I have. Unless something else you guys want to talk about? No. All right. So uh, I have compiled, now minus one, a list of people <laughs> that we might see in the film. And I want to get your opinions of – I'm just going to go rapid fire through these names. Are we going to see these people 
in the Rise of Skywalker. Are we just saying yes or no? Just yes or no. And then if you, if you, if you want to talk about it more, we can, but it can be as simple as yes or no. All right. Are we going to see DJ from The Last Jedi? No. No. I, I want to say yes, but no. Okay. Are we going to see Yoda? Yes. Yes. Are we going to see Obi-Wan? Yes. Yes. Are we going to see Qui-Gon Jinn? Yes. I'm going to say no. Are we going to see the only other pilot to survive the original trilogy, Wedge Antilles? No. Sadly, no. I think we're going to see Wedge. Wedge? Why? Any particular reason why? Okay, so a couple things. First of all, he is... um, He's a character who, again, he's the only he's the only fighter who survives all three original trilogy movies. Sure. Um, apparently, he is also the uncle of Ewan McGregor. The actor who plays him is the <laughs> uncle of Ewan McGregor, and so I think that. And supposedly, there was a rumor that he was asked to be in the Force Awakens and said no, and then he came out and said, "Oh no, I would love to be in it." And I feel like that's just that's too much. They're gonna they're gonna okay. squeeze wedge okay. in there. Okay. Uh, are we going to see the master code breaker played by Justin Theroux in this film? Oh, no. No. Oh, come on. <laughs> we, 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 we're told quite a bit about him by Maz. Maz is quite enamored yeah, with him. Yeah, she does so. love him. Oh, yeah. so maybe she'll bring him no, back. She's got a crush. No, um, I, she, she speaks a little specific about his abilities, so I don't know. I think it might be more than a crush. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, Nasty. this is a name you guys may not recognize but i'm gonna pull up a picture uh because once you see him you'll be like oh that guy Uh, he salacious crumb salacious crumb yes no not salacious crumb (laughs) uh didn't salacious crumb die when the uh when the the skiff blew up yeah yeah yeah, yeah. when the barge was okay so he escaped like boba fett (laughs) <laughs> or like Palpatine, or or insert quick uh, escapes. Force ghost, <laughs> uh, Nub. Oh, yeah. yes, yeah, yeah. I'll go. Yes, he was in Force Awakens, wasn't he? He was, and he co-piloted the Millennium Falcon with uh, Lando in Return mm. of the Jedi. So, okay, yeah, all right. A yeah. uh, couple more here. Um, this one is really just for Matt. Are we going to see Ahsoka Tano in this film? I wish. I very much wish. Um, my, here, you want a wild speculation? Yeah. Ahsoka Tano teaches Ren how to be a Jedi. She walks the path between the light and the dark because Rey already doesn't necessarily believe in it. Um, Ahsoka. She teaches Rey or Kylo Ren? Rey, not Ren. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Rey. Okay. She teaches Rey um, how to use the Force. Okay. Interesting. Mm-hmm. She, she, she's from Rebels and from... Uh, Clone Wars. She's my daughter's favorite character of all time. She's amazing. Yeah, she's she's great. great. Okay, this is you the love her. you, love her. you right, love her. I gotta get on it. This is the last one, and this is one that I think there is there is a lot of argument, yes or no for it. Captain Phasma. So at the end of the Force Awakens, we're convinced Phasma's gone. She's not. At the end of the Last Jedi, we're convinced Phasma's gone. Is Phasma coming back? Unfortunately, yes. I feel like she's such a wasted character. I'd like to see her again in a way that's positive, that actually does credit to her character. She, more than I want to say any other character, has a huge backstory that is never alluded to on screen the entire book. She pulls strings in the First Order. She executes people. In between the two movies, 
She has executed anyone who knew that she took down the shield generator. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't know that, but no. you know that's a thing. <laughs> so I think she's going to be back. I don't know if they're going to continue to waste Gwendolyn Christie's time in having her there, but she'll be in it. She she is visually she is so the Boba Fett of the new trilogy. I like that. And Boba Fett is so wasted in those films <laughs> that, that like it seems like it's apropos <laughs> to have her also be totally wasted. She'll just fly away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, is there any other character you guys think might pop up? Because the one wild speculation I heard was that uh, Harrison Ford filmed the scene for the film. Like a flashback? I think it would have to yeah. be because like so there's a lot of fuzzy force ghost math that goes on. Like, you know, you're supposed to be trained to do that. Yet when Darth Vader dies, he's instantly a force ghost. And so I just don't see how a non force. Like, I think Leia, there is there is more understanding of how she was a force user. She's the daughter of the most powerful Jedi to ever live. Her brother was a Jedi. We've seen her use the force. Like, I think there's much more legitimacy to her appearing as a force ghost than there is Han. You agree? Yeah, I I wouldn't expect him to make an appearance, but I wouldn't be upset if he did. I I, I feel like his death didn't really resonate emotionally with me like I wanted it to. And I don't know if him appearing again would... I change think a, that for a, me. A flashback would make sense. Him yeah. and maybe a younger, maybe a younger Harrison well, Ford then, but yeah. Um, but I could, I could see in at least memories, visions, him being able to play a role, um, a little more influential than maybe we had seen. Um, but I don't, I don't think a Force ghost. But again, could be. I know part of it is because at the time of the Force Awakens, Aaron was pregnant. We didn't know it was a boy. We knew if it was a boy, it would be Ben. When Harrison Ford yells Ben at Kylo Ren, my goodness. I I was sobbing in the theater. Sobbing in the theater. And just warning you guys, when we go see this movie together, I will be crying during it. I'll cry. Oh, Leia, come on. I want to give you guys just a heads up. I'm messy crying in the theater. And that's... That'll make me feel better. Okay, good. Yeah, for the others, I was at certain points, too. Just, you know. I have cried at every Star Wars movie except for Solo. Uh, so, um, okay. but yeah. Anyway, that'll do it for this episode of Force Goes Coast to Coast. We don't know what we're talking about next time, but that's okay. We'll be back in a month with more. Um, go to multiversitycomics.com. Check out what we have going on there. And remember, the Force will be with you always. Always.